Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm here with the Rad Trads today at Diddy TV. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. Excellent. You made it all the way from New York. So you're in Brooklyn? Yep. Yeah. And this has got a good music scene there. I read that you guys have collaborated with a wide range of people from, like, Christopher Paul Stelling to the late Charles Bradley. Um, mm. Yeah, we're actually staying at Christopher's house oh, really? on Saturday, yeah. So he was one of the <laughs> first people that we recorded here. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You should ask him about it. He's good it. people. We will. Oh, we will. Yeah. He's a really good songwriter and amazing finger style picker, right? Yep, yep. We, we, we were able to record on his album, and Mike has worked with him a lot, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I play bass on a lot of his records. You do? Yeah, yeah. Where does he record at? We recorded one record. The, the last one I did was uh, we recorded up on in this barn in Connecticut. Okay. So that got turned into a studio. It was, it was pretty cool. And we did some stuff in, in Brooklyn as well. He used to live in Brooklyn. We were we were neighbors. I actually started playing with him because he worked at the coffee shop down the street from me. Mm-hmm. And I walked in with my like acoustic bass, and he was just like, "Hey man, you want to play?" <laughs> so it started. So I like that. You should, for in that way, we should say a shout out to our buddy Chris Peck, um, okay. who's been producing some tracks we've been working on. He worked on those records too. And he's a really great producer living in Brooklyn. We worked on those records with Mike and uh, Chris. So you have a record out now that's been recorded for a long time, or I, I heard that it had been sitting for a couple of years even. Uh, on Tap, fantastic record. Um, Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. I first, I guess, encountered your music with uh, Keith Richards and I, the music video that came across my desk. You know, Legendary. Was, uh, amazing, yes. <laughs> I believe there's some, some dress wearing going on and oh, yeah. Yeah. eager <laughs> yeah. fans, right? Yeah, we, we played our own fans, screaming female fans to our own. 60s garbed out band yeah um it was a big eye-opener man i i don't know about the other guys but i had never uh dressed in drag before and i uh it's a lot it's a lot of it's a lot of work (laughs) never looked back i was like i fall started feeling like super so i was like how's my hair like how's my 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 lipstick my uh we all had beards too so that was a kind of making the whole thing harder but your music videos seem to have a humor based kind of narrative usually i feel like there's there's a lot of humor in our music and part of that is that we like to tease each other and have that kind of energy around each Mm -hmm. other we're all very close friends and um you know i think that's important and part of the spectrum of sometimes obviously we get very serious and some of the content we're singing or playing um is that but it's it's also important to be able to laugh at yourself a little bit too who are some of your comedic influences Jack Black is, in, is in everybody's <laughs> number one. Yeah. Let's yeah. go ahead and get that out of the way. Jack Black's Obsessed. number one. Yeah, everybody. No debate. 
We love uh, love Ween. Yeah. The band Ween, as both a sort of serious band and also a very funny band. It's Dean Ween and uh, Gene Ween. Okay, yeah, I yeah. knew Dean Ween. Alden and I are big Patton Oswald fans. Okay. We all are, but there's certain things that we have to listen to every tour. Uh-huh. Usually, one of his records comes on, and then usually one of Jack Black's. Um, yeah. Christopher Guest soundtracks like oh, yeah. uh, A Mighty Wind usually gets okay. a lot of play cool. in the van. And the Dean soundtrack Ween. from Walk the Line. Yeah. Yeah, we're really obsessed. No, with walk too. hard. No, walk hard. I was going to say, walk the <laughs> line was starts with Johnny Cash. Like Johnny Cash. <laughs> okay, okay. We're here at Diddy TV, but we'd just like to say we hate Johnny Cash. No, just kidding. <laughs> hey, man. Whoa. But, Whoa. I, but I do like the walk hard movie maybe better than the walk the line movie. I think that's totally reasonable. Um, <laughs> we, Alden and I just saw a movie called Ishtar that we like really want to get the other guys to see because the whole first half, it's this. Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty movie where they play these two song the songwriting duo from New York and it's very absurd. But at the first half is like especially music related comedy, pretty uh, pretty funny. <laughs> Do you go to comedy clubs in New York City? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a you know, an asset that a lot of cities don't have. So I'm just interested to talk to people from New York about, you know, what that is actually like, you know. Well, yeah, I've been experiencing it. I live, Patrick and I are roommates, mm-hmm. uh, and Patrick's girlfriend works on the Colbert show. So, Heard of it? Yeah. It, <laughs> and with, Heard of it? <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of co- comedians in that world, uh, and so you kind of, I don't know, Patrick's got the, the skinny on what's up. For sure. Right. Yeah. Know, we used to listen to Two Dope Queens a lot in the oh, band, yeah. too, and they're, they're like a great introduction into New York comedians and comedians from everywhere, but like you get two or three or whatever every show and we're really great and it's it's i think it's very similar to the music scene in new york where it's like you have this sort of community and you have the people that have made it and the people that haven't but the people that made it are still friends with the people and it's just sort of like so if you sort of pull out start pulling on the thread it really unravels and you're like oh you know phoebe robinson is is going to be here mm-hmm. sort of lending her name to this event but not that many people knows it's happening and then who else is there so it's like yeah, there's definitely a scene, and you, yeah, and everyone sort of knows each other on some level. It's very similar to the music scenes for me. You know, if you if you know what's going on, you know what the venues are, you check the calendar. Even there's in a such lot a large happening. city. Yeah, and it's like, and it's all super cheap and pretty cool. Wow, it's pretty amazing that you guys found each other. You know, in a city like that, started a band. Now you have five really valuable songwriters contributing. Um, might True. call that unconventional. How does it work? I think we have. Um well, I'd say the answer to how does it work is I think we um, we all like, respect each other a lot, and that's um, we might and we will poke fun a lot of fun at each other and give each other a hard time about everything. But at the end of the day, I think everybody, is, you know, like if somebody's saying something or somebody's writing something, everyone's there to listen, like want you know seriously to listen to what they have to say and what they're writing and what what's going on. And I, I think that's pretty essential. Also, just the fact that it, that's just always been the way it was. So it wasn't like a, as soon as people just, it was a band that we all had together. So from the very beginning, it was sort of like a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. And so so it wasn't a thing where it was like halfway through our career. You know, you'd read about that a lot with bands. It's like, it was great until everyone else wanted to pitch in. You know what I mean? That's sort of like a narrative, like what happened to Creedence Clearwater or something yeah. like that. So, well, we all want to write songs too. Yeah. And for us, it was always, that was just always what it was. So, and even people, a lot of us learned how to write in this band because we saw each other. We started picking up cues of how that worked. And then it was, yeah, it was just a, 
from day one. So it's always made, we've always, it's always for us in the last seven years we've been playing together, we've been so used to sharing the stage with one another that we've done a lot more of that than we've done uh, being an individual. So it just makes, it's very natural for everyone, I think. And jazz is the overall background for everyone, is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. So do you, cool. do you think that going into jazz music, reaching that sort of higher point of music, and then applying it to a rock sound, you know, enables you to be able to do things in a way that other bands can't do? Yeah, it's, it's uh, I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, not necessarily, it just helps us be quick. Like, mm -hmm. if we're working out an arrangement, we all speak the same language, we can say really quickly, let's move this to a different key, you can do everything, and everyone's very adept instrumentally. But I don't think it makes you make better music necessarily. Mm -hmm. It just makes moves things along quicker, I think. In some ways, it might make you make worse music. <laughs> Not as specifically. <laughs> but in general, uh, you know, it's like some people, yeah. It can, it can be a hindrance to making good music in something resembling a popular realm if you come from a super... If you think about it too analytically and uh -huh. such a get caught up in thing. like, well, that's not right yeah. or that's not how those chords. But I think that, that great jazz has the same thing that great rock and roll has, which is a total, totally intuitive and emotional component. Okay, I, and I would say that we, um, it's just a different skill set, and it's one I think we're lucky to have. It, it's, uh, it's something like we can draw upon. We'll be able to draw upon for our whole lives um, because our understanding of harmony or understanding of things like more complex musical elements but the truth is is like when we're trying to write a great song and play it together you're trying to not think about any of that stuff yeah. we're trying to like come at it from a human perspective and engage on a human level and then sometimes we can throw in some tricky stuff or whatever um but at the end of the day we don't want it to sound we don't want it to sound like that per se we're not trying to like sound virtuosic per se we're trying to make the song feel have uh, create an experience for yeah. ourselves and for everyone who's listening to us and and you allow moments for expression you know you go from the pop hook or however you would describe it into a moment of chaos or you know the horn might just go for a minute totally. and then it comes back it's cool it's nice i feel like that has come from some of the training that we have just one specific element is a lot of people talk about our use of dynamics a lot and I feel like things like that are, you know, you, it, we were, t you, I don't know, you just kind of picked up in school studying all these types of music, you know, something like that. You know, I don't know. It's, it is interesting. I, we, I th we often forget just what Mike said is just having a certain vocabulary and being able to play your instrument at a certain level is something that I think we all take for granted at this point that actually is pretty, on the whole, is like a great asset for us that everybody can really play their instrument. So. Yeah, I was I was making a beat on GarageBand the other day, and they have these really corny presets that are like these really stereotypical looking people from different genres. And there was one that was like an indie rock drummer named Steve, and it was like Steve is afraid that people are going to find out about his conservatory training and it will ruin his street cred. And I was like, well, I really relate to this GarageBand <laughs> GarageBand preset drummer. But <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, to stay on the jazz note for a bit longer, I'm interested in just maybe like one artist from each of you that maybe is like a the pinnacle, like just quickly. A, a jazz artist, you mean, or just yeah, a, like oh. you know, for maybe people that aren't as adept at jazz, you know, a lot of our viewers are more just into maybe not that. So I'm just interested, you know, if they needed a starter list of like where you would say start with jazz, who would it be? So maybe okay, I'll say Hugh Masekela. 
and you would say? Oh, that's a good one. Louis Armstrong. Okay, me. and you would say? Uh, Ahmad Jamal. Okay. Uh, gotta say it, Ornette Coleman. Okay. Uh, for me, it's definitely Miles Davis. Your connection to each other and the chemistry on stage is something you've described as what you think fans enjoy, you know, sort of most about your performance, maybe. Um, how much does the sibling twin thing play into that? And, uh, you know, I think they call it like blood harmony or whatever that would be. And do you guys feel that that's crucial to the band or? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Well, it's important, but, you know, we were all friends before we were a band. And that's very important okay. to understand. We played in other bands, but we went to school together. These guys have known each other since fifth or sixth grade. Seventh. Seventh grade. Um, you know, like John, Mike, and I traveled together in Europe before we really were even friends or played in a band seriously together. Mm. Things like that would be very similar to being twins. It's just you, you have certain shared experiences and you, you want to be around each other, and that comes out. Can cool. you let someone else who's not a twin answer? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, I, we're all brothers, man. All right. You know? <laughs> Yeah. That's actually definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I think everyone feels like family. Yeah. You got for to. For better or for worse. Growing up in Chicago, um, I've, I've read Wilco is a name you throw out a lot. And uh, what kind of influence did they have on you? Were you seeing them perform or seeing Jeff Tweedy perform, going to his place, The Loft, or you know any of that kind of stuff? I wish. I haven't met Jeff yet. Um, for me, it was more... Uh, Personally, like we all like Wilco to different levels. I'm probably the biggest Wilco fan of all of us, but the it's it's more just the feeling like like I love the music a lot. I love the records. I love Jeff Tweedy's work, um, but it's more just like having someone from your hometown that you're proud of and like that you're. For me, that's what's really cool about it. It's it's like being a Cubs fan for me. You know, like I I want to see Jeff do well and continue to make awesome records and all the other guys and and you know like glenn koshy studied with my same drum teacher and so those guys are around and like to be in high school and be like oh here's like an incredible band that's like very progressive but they're from here that's chicago also has a huge um a complex like a second city complex with us like oh well no one thinks we're great because like mm -hmm. people are very like midwestern and humble and they'll be like you know and but meanwhile like we have you know the, the symphony will be uh, voted the greatest symphony in the country and some of the best museums in the country and all these things that are like sure. number one but they, they Chicagoans like would never you know it's mm -hmm. the Cubs complex the Bears complex we've gotten so. that perspective too having moved to New York is uh, NPR did this really great thing where they walked around in the city of Chicago and they asked people on the street if you could compare Chicago to any city in the world what would you do and literally every person said New York and then they did the same thing in New York and every person said Tokyo, Paris, yeah, London, London, I don't know. There's a certain yeah. thing about just one like... One-sided rivalry. <laughs> yeah, it's a very one-sided one rivalry. Yeah, it's like the Bills um. and Patriots. <laughs> I think also, as, as a jazz musician, I know for me, weirdly enough, just knowing that there was this guy named Nels Klein that was like a crazy jazz guitarist who played avant-garde music who was in a rock band yeah. and was like doing his thing, and that was, that was always inspiring in my mind, just like that he existed, kind of. <laughs> I didn't even really know anything about him. But in terms of like, for us, like... I, th I would say that us songwriters were were very interested in like the craft of songwriting and the history of songwriting and 
different styles and those elements of it. Um, and Wilco and Jeff Tweedy definitely fit very well into that mm-hmm. lineage, I think, in terms of someone you could you could look at their songs and study them and be like and really get get a lot out of it on a on a kind of a, that kind of a level too. How do you guys consume music? Do you listen to records a lot? Aldermix themed playlists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What kind? Of, what's the latest theme you can remember? Let's see. Highway. Um, oh yeah, I made like a the road playlist that we were listening to the other day. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of highway themed or leaving town. This is on Spotify. Kinda, yeah. So what are the four records that make up that playlist the thumbnail? F- Ooh. Uh, thumbnail. The thumbnails. I should. Let's see. We've got a little Waylon on there. Got time to bum again. Uh, we've got uh, also with Waylon the Highwaymen. Yeah. Uh, doing Highwaymen. Well, you, <laughs> well, you just fast a, forward the Johnny Cash parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We don't, <laughs> yeah, we're big Merle fans over Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Um, Long live. Uh, yeah, what else is on there? I don't know. A whole bunch of stuff. I have Highway Child. Life by, is uh, a Highway. <laughs> I do have Life is a Highway on there. I don't know. It's all pretty obvious. But okay. I've gotten a little more subtle in my themes sometimes, so. What do you I, like? How do I consume music? Yeah. Spotify mostly, to be honest. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, I don't uh, think we're. But a lot of albums. I do make playlists. I'll sort of like I make a playlist and I'll date it and I'll just keep adding songs I really like until I don't know. There's 20 songs or something like that, and I feel like starting a new one. So it's kind of fun. It's like a time capsule. I can like go back to a date mm-hmm. and be like, oh, that's all the shit I thought was really cool. Right. In January, 2017 or whatever. Totally. Mm-hmm. So the Rad Trads. It's a band that maybe one day everybody will know, but right now maybe they don't. If you were to meet somebody trying to describe yourselves, you know, oh, there's this band, the Rad Trads, what would you say? What do they need to know about you guys? Someone did say we'll go at the circus. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we did use that in our press release for a while. Okay. Honestly, it's interesting that you bring up the Wilco thing because I, I do feel like a, a similarity to them is they have the, the thing about them is they're a b- bit hard to pin down. Yeah, it's like what is it? It's like songwriter music. Is it jam? Is it rock and roll? Is it indie rock? And I think we relate to that. It's kind of yeah. hard to describe what we do. Um, Someone compared us to Dawes the other day, mm-hmm. which I found really flattering because I really love one of their songs, and I don't know anything else about Dawes, <laughs> but I love that song so much that that was really flattering to me. So whatever music Dawes plays, maybe that's what we play too. Um, I, I, uh, we, one feedback we get, I think, like we're, we have a lot of fun when we play, and we, and we, let we, we're not afraid to like let that be our thing on stage or be a thing on stage and right. uh and and you can dance to our music you can move to our music and i think that weirdly enough in, in a world of like rock and roll and songs whatever in, in 2019 i think that puts us in a certain category you know like mm-hmm. that we're, we're we're you know we're having a good time and that's our goal for everybody out there is to be having a pretty light-hearted even if there are moments uh where of more contemplation going on in the yeah, set. Yeah, you, you have a song that was, you know, today that you performed that was a little more on the mellow side. And yeah. What's the name of that song? Uh, the Good Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Thanks. You guys really get behind each other. Like, you even, you know, you can read it in eye movement and everything. It's like when it comes to the person's time to shine a little bit, you're like, yeah, you go for it. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, singing backup parts and everything, it's very supportive. And there's not like this frustration that it's not my song or anything like that coming through, you know what I mean? So right. hold on to that, because that's a good thing. 
Thank you. Totally. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, one last question. Uh, how did you get IKEA to do it? <laughs> we didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we worked with this director uh, and just amazing film guy. His name, he goes by Hao Yan of America. Uh, and he did a great music video that we loved on uh, for this band called Crumb uh, that was really, really awesome. And so I approached a bunch of music video directors, uh, just shots of the dark, and he was willing to do it for not as much money as he's worth. <laughs> and, Don't say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, just like our whole lives. No, just kidding. <laughs> We're just kidding. Yeah. No, uh, but yeah, he was just very approachable and, uh, and came up with the idea for that. Uh, and it was funny, Patrick and I just moved to Red Hook, like down the street from that Ikea. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we shot for two days there, uh, just guerrilla style. And uh, he had this street artist named Noah Sparks, uh, who was just going to move to Berlin like the next day uh, that just perfectly fit the bill for this guy that could live yeah. in Ikea. Uh, so I don't know, it was just like a yeah special, everything kind of came together and uh, nobody kicked us out. I like it. <laughs> well, see it here on Diddy TV. See these guys here, the Rad Trads, fantastic band. Thanks guys for being here. Thank you. Yeah, man, thank, thank, you. thank you. All right.